Thank you for joining us for Dwelling Place Lithia Podcast. We hope this message will help you find your identity in Christ and create growth in your life. We hope you enjoy this message. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 2. This week, the last two weeks, I've had this message prepared, and I'll tell you, it's, it's changed, I think, four times from the beginning to now. And uh, I was thinking about, I had a mentor who just passed away. And one of the things that he said is, sometimes you'll see people so desperate for God, they'll run to the altar, and when they get to the altar, they don't know what they do. All they have to do is, God help me. They don't know what else to say. They don't know what else to do. They just say, God help me. I remember a time like that. I remember a time I was about 21 years old, I was in my truck. I was coming home. And I was still living with my parents at the time. And I hydroplane and I hit a car, another truck. I went through the windshield and landed in the other guy's pickup truck. I'm looking up. I'm on my back. I'm looking up at the guy that I hit, and he's gasping for air. He was my ninth grade ag teacher and gasping for air. And I'm like, oh, Lord, he's going to die. God, help him. I don't know what else to say. Help him. Help him. Help him. And then I started saying, God, help me. I'm in trouble. God help me, my mom and dad's not in town. God help me, I'm in trouble. And what happened was, the man who was grabbing the side of his truck, my ninth grade ag teacher, he was looking at me going, God help him. I don't know if he's dead or alive. God help him. I don't know what's going on. So we're back and forth, back and forth, praying and desperate. We don't know what to pray, but he didn't know what I was at, and he, I didn't know where he was at. And that's why it's amazing to see what desperation can do. The definition for desperation is a state of despair, typically one which results in rash or extreme behavior. My mentor said this one time. He says, you're going to see our world get desperate, and they don't know what they're going to do. 
And if you stand up for Christ and you're the one who stands, lead them to Christ. Lead them to the Bible. Lead them to the cross. Because desperation is happening right now. The world is in despair right now. And when I read this scripture, Mark chapter 2, starting with verse 1, it says this. This is the New Living Translation. It says this. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above the heads, or above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious laws who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blaspheming. Only God can forgive sin. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sin. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. I remember going on a mission trip, and we were in Mexico. And I remember getting on the back of a truck that you could fall through the hole and get run over at the same time. It was a great time. And we were going to a church, and, and it was raining, pouring, and all of this. And we couldn't find the pastor. We finally found the pastor, and they said, we have good news and we have bad news. I'm like, what's the good news? There's a church here, okay? What's the bad news? It doesn't have a roof, and it's pouring down rain, monsooning, just pouring. I'm like, okay, God, what, what do you want us to do? We've got electrical equipment. We got, we've got all of this. What are we going to do? And uh, the leader of our team said, I want all the leaders over here, we need to pray. We need to find out what God really wants us to do in this place. And so we were praying, and, and we, were, we were really praying. We were in desperate mode because we don't want anybody electrocuted. We don't want anybody getting harmed. We don't want anybody to get in trouble. 
We don't want anybody to get shot. We didn't want anybody to, any of those things. And remembering this time, we prayed, and the, uh, the leader of the other church said, I know where a park is that has a pavilion. We can, we can go there. And so we go there, we get there, we start plugging in our stuff, and the rain stops right then and there. It just quits raining. And we're getting ready. We're, we went out into the areas trying to get kids to come and, and, and bring people in and, 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 and everything. And I remember... Our interpreter goes, ask, ask the pastor, says, do you have to have a permit or do you have to have something to be allowed to speak at these things? And he goes, yes. Yes, you do. If we get caught, we're probably going to go to jail. Great. Okay. So we're, we started the puppet ministry. We started doing the things that we were doing and w what human dramas and things like that. We were, we were working at it and we were going at it. And all of a sudden, I'm standing back because I, I didn't have nothing to do. All I had to do is carry stuff that day. And I'm standing in the back of this park. And then three police officers walk up. And I look to my left, and I look to my right, and I'm thinking, we're fixing to go to jail. We're in trouble. And they stood there with these guns in their hands. And one looked at me, and he, he's speaking Spanish, and I'm like, I know no Spanish, man. And he goes, I know English. Where's your permit? I said, uh-oh. I said, uh, and you go talk to that man up there. He said, I will in a second. And he looks at his partners, and the two guys next to us was crying. They're weeping. And he looks at me and he says, what's going on? I said, the only thing I can think of is God's moving in their life right now. Something's happening in their lives. <laughs> he walks over there and I knew that man was the head of, of, of the team. And he's, he's like, pull it together. Come on, guys. And they said, you don't understand. Something's different. Something's happening in my life I don't know what's happening but you need to be listening to what they're saying not what they're doing and the man turned around and he started listening and he started crying we 
when I think about this story, this passage of Scripture, I go back to that part because those two men became desperate for God. They needed to hear what was going on. And when that happened, it helped that other man change all of a sudden. His, his attitude and his look towards what we were doing. And just because those two men were being affected by God, the other man started being affected by God. What kind of desperation do we need to be in to be affected by God? Where do we need to go to come to church or wherever we need to go to start praying, not just for our community, not just for the people around us, but for the whole world? Because the whole world is needing our faith right now. Because those men dug and dug and dug in the roof. They wasn't using tools. They, wasn't any, they were stepping on it. They were trying to get the hole so they can get the hole big enough to put the man in. I feel like we're at a place right now, especially in America, but especially wherever we're at in our walk with God, God's saying, how desperate are you? Because it's your faith right now that needs to help this world. It's your faith right now that needs to, are you going to dig the hole out of the ceiling? <laughs> I'm a storyteller, and I'm not going to apologize. This is who I am. I have a grandmother that I love so much. She looked at me one day and she said, what kind of faith do you have, Sean? I said, I don't know, Dad. Granny, I don't know. She says, can you pray for five minutes? I said, yes, Granny. She said, let's go. Let's go into this room and pray. So I prayed for five minutes. Then she looked at me and she said, do you have faith enough to believe that God can do what you prayed about? I said, I don't know, Granny. I don't know. I'm not as strong as you. You've seen things that I haven't seen. You've been around things that you've, you've been around. And she said, it doesn't matter. What matters is, are you going to stand on what the truth is in the Bible? Are you going to stand in what Jesus says to you? Are you going to stand in what God is saying to you? A couple of days later, she pulls me to the side and she says, let's go 10 minutes today. We go in the room. We go 10 minutes. 
I heard her say this. God, the nursing home that I'm working at today, there's people lost. There's people that need to be healed. There's people that need you in a desperate way. Let your Holy Spirit flood. Let your Holy Spirit change. Let your Holy Spirit do something that's different than they've ever seen before. And I'm listening to this little lady. And the the prayers were nothing about her. The prayers were nothing about anything that she needed. What she was worried about is the people around her. What the people in the city is going through. What the people are hurting about. And when she lay and finished, I looked at her and I said, Granny, I said, how are you not selfish? And she said, oh, son, when you've walked in the shoes that I've walked in, you don't become selfish. I said, whose shoes have you walked in? And she goes, Jesus. Jesus. I said, what do you mean? And she says, How do you see people? I said, I see people as people. He said, she said, I don't. This scripture meant a whole lot to my grandmother. Because she says, I'm the one who's ripping the roof off and putting the people down in front of Jesus. What are you doing? Man, that hit me harder than anything I've ever had with my grandmother. About three or four days later, she comes back to me and she says, we're going 15 minutes today. We went in there. And what she said was this. This was, this was 1992. But her words were this. Open the eyes of the church so they can go and heal a nation. Open the eyes of the church and be the hands and feet of you, Lord. Because if they don't, we're in trouble. That's been 30 years ago. Turn on the TV. Church didn't open their eyes. church didn't open their eyes and my grandmother was the one who was telling me you got to see what you're about to see well I feel like today we're in desperate times
It's time to rip the roof off of the church or off of the building and put it in front of God. I don't know about you, but are you desperate? Because the funny thing is, Jesus comes back to the Pharisees and Sadducees. He said, I know what you're thinking. I know what's the questions in your heart. Is it easier to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? Jesus knew what they were thinking every step of the way. When we come to church, how do we think? Are we thinking worldly or are we thinking what what the Bible's saying? Are we standing on the faith that we believe? Can this world be helped today? Yes. I'm standing on that. Can the people be saved today? Yes, I'm standing on that. Can people be healed today? Yes, I'm standing on that. Can people be people be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yes, I'm standing on that. I'm standing on what the world says or what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says, go feed my people. I want to go feed our people. Because it's not just his people, it's our people too. He's called us. What about the hurt? What about the ones that are hurting today? What are we doing for them? We're living our lives the way we want to live our lives. But the world's crying out and saying help in ways that we're so afraid to say, I'm desperate for this world to be saved. I'm desperate for this world to be healed. I'm desperate. I think it's great that Jesus just turned around and he looks at the man. He said, I'm just going to prove to you what you wanted to know. And he turns around and looks at the man who's been on the cot. But it's, it's funny. Before that, I want to go back. The four men who lowered it down, it says their faith helped his sins be forgiven. Their faith. That's why I say we're in a desperate place, desperate time. What's our faith like? Where are we at? I'm just saying. And that's when Jesus looks at the Sadducees and Pharisees. And he says, y'all don't want to believe that I'm, I'm the man I'm supposed to be, that's fine, because you don't understand who I am. But I'm going to tell this man to get up, walk, and take his mat with him. And he's going to do it. The world needs more of Jesus today than ever before.
Lord, I pray. We hope you enjoyed this message. If so, please share it. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at dwellingplacelithia.org forward slash donate. We'll see you next week, and may God bless you and your family.